Greetings, fanatics. In just a few days, it will have been one year since friend of the show, tour manager extraordinaire, and front of house master John Hopkins passed away. I don't need to state again the impact a person like John Hopkins can have on a community, not to mention the individual person. All you have to do is ask someone who knew John the way we all did. Back in April, I recorded an episode with Jason Paris of Wake Brewing, which would not have happened as it did without John's ability to link us up. No formalities, no legalities, no bullshit. It was just, you guys like doom metal and craft beer? Go be friends. Fucking simple. We wound up speaking not only about John's passing, but two other key members of the metal and craft beer scene who also passed away. Barnaby Struve, previously of Three Floyds and many others, and Brandon Gay of True Brewing. While I never had the opportunity to meet with either, it's clear that they have left behind a legacy of their own, just like John did. I opted to hold on to that part of the conversation between Jason and myself for a more appropriate time, and unfortunately that time is now. The wound is still fresh, but we have to remember that people like John, Barnaby, and Brandon don't come around often, and when they do, it's their selfless nature that defines them. It's a trait that I would believe most of the human race lacks in those moments when you do encounter it. It hits you in a very specific, special way. You probably won't be forgetting about it anytime soon. I believe in these tumultuous times that we live in, it's really important that we remember to hold our friends close. John, Barnaby, and Brandon will all live on because of their selflessness and care for others. And hopefully we will be able to keep that legacy alive in their absence. So this episode goes out to those three. I go through phases where I'm like really good about posting shit on, on tour and, and, and then sometimes I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like who needs it? Yeah. It's like, I get a lot of shit from my family from not documenting stuff and it's like, whatever. It's like that shit. It, that's, that's for me. Like I, I, I know about it in my head. If I'm in some, if I'm in fucking Red Square in Moscow, like, yeah, I'm going to post a picture standing in front of St. Basil's Cathedral. But, like, if I'm in 
Minneapolis for the fucking eighth time in two years doing a show? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it ain't that cool. I mean, anytime I get to mix a show at First Avenue is pretty cool, but uh, yeah, it's like it's it's funny. It's like people are always like, "You're so lucky you get to see so much of the world," and it's like, "Yeah." Uh, I don't really see that much. Like, I see a lot of of uh, truck stops and shitty venues, and occasionally a really cool venue. Like, sometimes I get to wander off and go see something insanely cool. My favorite venues that I've done sound at. First Avenue will forever be probably my favorite venue. I know a lot of people, I see a lot of like, especially like old timer dudes around Minneapolis that fucking bitch about that place and hate it. I I think that place is amazing. They have since put a digital board in there, but like, they still have the glorious 64 channel Midas that I believe Prince put in there that every time like some of those dudes on the crew there have become good buddies and so every time I'm through there I'm like can you bring out the Midas and they wheel out that thing and it all of its fucking glory for me every time uh so like that place is always really special it was kind of the place where when i moved to iowa city i would go there to see shows i would drive the extra two hours to go to minneapolis to see a show rather than go to chicago it's i love that place i also love saturn and Birmingham, Alabama. It's all space themed. It's the dude that Brian Tinley, who was in Manor Astro Man, and their green rooms were two Argosy campers. And these camp, they bought these campers in a NASA auction, and they had been used, I believe it was in the Apollo launches. When they would suit the astronauts up, they would put them in these campers to keep them from overheating in the suits. Saturn is, is 
one of the best venues in the world. Envy City on the planet would be lucky to have that place. I love Valley Hall in Chicago. I have a strange love of Warsaw in Brooklyn. It's like every time I have it, it comes up on an itinerary. I'm initially mad about it. Like, I hate that place. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, this place is kind of awesome. The Showbox in Seattle, the downtown one specifically. I haven't been out that far west yet. Oh my God. The Showbox is a fucking amazing venue. Yeah. It doesn't have the greatest green rooms or whatever, but. It's just like, it's like such a throwback to like the 50s, like 40s, 50s, like that whole kind of sort of art deco-ish design. I've done some really fucking epic shows there. I love the Warfield in San Francisco. Actually, San Francisco has a shit ton of venues that I like. The Warfield, Great American Music Hall, Slims, which is now going away. Yeah, I mean, there's a million places. And I will forever long to mix another show at Gabe's in Iowa City before, before it became the Picador and they had to cut the, all the wood off the walls upstairs. Like, that place is, I mean, I cut my teeth there. Like, both in playing in bands and doing sound like that that will always be home for me Uh, he is the reason you know I mean I'm fine with this I mean he's 100% the reason we have beer and metal period mm. period I mean he's the reason Dark Lord Dark Lord days exist he never talked about this is just stuff that I I've heard and I knew he was in it at that time but I feel like he was the OG man like he was, he was, uh, him, Chris, Todd from Surly. I mean, we now with three fluids, I mean, we owe, if you're in the craft beer and metal community, like you owe it to those guys. Like that is probably the, the unholy Trinity of like beer and metal dudes like mm-hmm. that, that got this, that opened the door. And with Barnaby, he was just, just such a, unique character he was i always called him the craft beer hunter s thompson you know he just was this like mythical thing being that just popped up in and out i almost felt like sometimes he could travel in multiple dimensions or something just (laughs) he was just it was beyond uh he was just so kind too and so like he didn't 
I never, he never bragged about himself. And that's always something that I've really found super unique about people, you know, and I feel like I can, I talk about myself, you know, and I feel like mm-hmm. that sometimes I do puff my own chest and I feel like that's a flaw. Well, I know it's a flaw, but I've always really been like really just in awe of people that did everything and talked about none of it. Like just the layers that you could peel back. And I remember when I first met Barnaby at, at that decibel beer and metal festival, I mean, he was just this grimy looking fucking giant with half his ass hanging out, bent over at a table next to us, hung over as fuck. And I'm just sitting there going like, who in the fuck is this guy? Like, you know, and he's like setting up his shit and he comes over and asks my brother for a wrench to put together his jockey box and just his positivity and just the way he thought he just, it just, it drove you like in these, like it pushed those boundaries and made you like really, it really re made me feel alive about craft beer. Just, I mean, just as even the positivity, I remember the night after the first day of that decibel fest and us meeting Barnaby and being next to him for eight hours, like just the energy we had going back to our hotel, like, Whoa, who in the fuck that guy rules, you know, that guy, fuck man. I mean, it was just like, he turned, we were up in the corner in LA and I remember walking in and we were the very last fucking booth stuck in this corner upstairs i was just kind of pissed just kind of like i knew we were the new fucking kids we were gonna get shoved at the fucking kids table in the back so i was being kind of salty and not like just being hat you know i should have just been happy we got asked to come out to fucking la you know to begin with and here's the god he's setting up his booth right next to us so he's the second to last booth you know and he just looked at it, he's like, I was like, oh yeah, they got us stuck in this fucking corner or whatever. You know, he's like, fuck, look at that over there. There's a couch. We could grab that. We could tell this plant to fuck off and we could scoot the couch, <laughs> this, put this chair here. And all of a sudden he made a fucking lounge for us. So now all of a sudden power trip, Testament, dude, all these uh, yob is coming over because they all know fucking Barnaby. And they're all sitting at the couch and they're drinking wake beer and wayfinder beer. And Todd's coming from now he's with three Floyds and he's coming in with the three Floyds dudes and the true dudes are hanging out. And it's just like, it just was overwhelming, you know? And he tasted our Kolsch that we had and he just praised it and just forced all of his friends to drink our beer because he was just so proud. He was, genuinely proud of it and i was like this dude doesn't have to do this like he doesn't have to brag and force his friends to have her ear you know but he's doing it i mean why you know i just and the doors that he opened for us just nonchalantly not even asking just like oh you should do this you know or this is who you should be getting these things from just kind of helping us. And it was like, he didn't have to do any of that. I didn't ask, you know, he just genuinely seen people. I think that he's, you know, maybe 
it was, I, I don't know. It was just, it was unreal. The doors that he opened and just, he connected with us so much. He would fly out on his own fucking dime and just, we would go do decibel in like Philadelphia and he just flew out and poured for wake, you know, it's insane. You know, it's just insane. You know, just, he just, he had love for us. We had love for him. And, you know, we had a lot of things lined up and just like fucking world's cruel, dude. It's fucking weird. If this, this past year between Barnaby and, and John and Brandon, one of the brewers are true, you know, it's just like, just so many great fucking people and they were all just like selfless and kind and it just made me super fucking down during this COVID thing that I'm like I'm losing all of the positive people around me and all the people that were selfless you know and it's just like and I know I'll meet more and I know there's I know I'll connect with more and there'll be like new Branding's a family, but man, I just feel like this past year has just been fucking gut-wrenching for the community of metal breweries, you know, metal breweries, just fucking solid people on this planet Earth, you know, and it's just like, it just shows me that you have to seize fucking moments, man, because like, Mm -hmm. you can't hold on to bullshit. Like, I mean, people, if people don't make you fucking happy and they don't inspire you, get them the fuck out of your lane, dude. Like, don't spend time with a relationship that is constantly you're trying to force. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, time moves forward. That's a guarantee. And you get less and less of it every fucking second. It's like simple math. Like, I don't know why people don't realize it, but I didn't really, I took it for granted till I started, till it, till life started stripping it all of my friends away from me, you know, and it's just, they're fucking epic. I mean, just wild friends that were just inspiring and watching their grind and their hustle and their, their wisdom. And, And those people still had passion. Yeah. You know, and that's rare, you know, it's rare. I mean, I'm sure in bands, it's the same as breweries. I mean, it's a fucking grind and 90% of it's a factory job. Five of it's financials and the other five smoking mirrors on the internet, you know, or whatever, you know, it's just like, it's a fucking grind. You better have passion, you know, you better eke it in that 1% because that's really, you know, Unfortunately, we're born and bred into like a world that just doesn't let us have the freedoms. You know, we can Mm -hmm. say we're free and we're free and we've got things at other countries and we should be thankful for a lot of things. But they also, you know, they breed us for jobs. You know, they we should all be way more better off and we should all have more time to read fucking books and, you know hang out with friends and be creative and i feel fortunate that i i my job is i get to surround myself around creative people i get to do creative things you know yeah but it's still it's still a job it still sucks at times but yeah it, it could suck a lot worse 
you know, it yeah. could suck way worse, you know? And so it just made me more thankful. You know I mean? He was just an enigma. I could, I could write a book about Barnaby. I could write a book about John, you know, I feel like they're going to be, those are the kind of guys that you're going to see like a, a killer documentary about at some point. And somehow David Grohl and Henry Rollins are going to be narrating it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but I just, I feel like they have enough. They've touched so many people in, in such positive ways. I've never heard people talk shit about John Hopkins and I've never heard people talk shit about Barnaby. Yeah. You know, does it exist out there? Sure. But I feel like those are, I saw you know, somebody try to talk shit to John Hopkins. It didn't go well. <laughs> oh, I could I could see somebody trying to talk shit to him, but talk shit about him, like on a he's not around thing, like mm-hmm. talking shit. Like I just I don't. You you got to be a fucking dummy. Like yeah. you're you're the same person that wants a shit bag Dark Lord just because it's popular. You know that's right. going to be the same kind of person. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh strong r.i.p to well all three of them you mentioned the the guy from true too so yeah brandon yeah brandon so i'm uh i'm i'm lucky to have been able to have known john for the limited time that i did yeah dude he was uh yeah he was fucking homie like that dude another one of those guys is just selfless like he connected the dots i wouldn't have done the the bongzilla thing probably would have happened in time but it wouldn't have happened like it did you know what i mean right. he, he made that happen he made my first our first beer collab was with a uh dave from municipal waste you know we did a mun- municipal mm-hmm. waste beer and that was all john john's like oh have you met dave no he's a fucking beer geek you're a beer geek literally just did a little text messaging loop us in he's like dave's a beer nerd jason it's a beer nerd you guys should talk to each other jason has a brewery dave's got a rad band you know and we just fucking connected you know and then yeah. i brought him through town put him at ribco and they squeezed onto our little fucking stage and ripped the fucking club apart and we did a beer earlier that day and i mean that was just kind of the the start of it all but john connected those dots yeah john connected dots of bands and beer and record collabs that i have in the works you know and he'll have opened those doors for many years for me now you know it's just he didn't have to do it you know yeah no. just he could have still you know he, i was always on the fucking guest list everything even when i showed up with a ticket he would yell at me on ask me why i bought a ticket you know but i didn't want to lean on him all the time you know uh yeah he's just fucking incredible yeah i mean he connected these dots so right 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 yeah you know yeah he's a good dude he's gonna be you you could see it on the internet too like with john i thought you know you're just like oh he did all this and he did this for me and did you know, you thought you were special. And then when in his passing, when everyone is kind of telling their story, you realize you weren't that special. He was super special because yeah. like everyone had the same mantra of stories about him. 
And that just shows that you're just a solid fucking dude. Like, if you got everyone on the same train telling all the dots they connect that he connected just because you didn't ask he just did he he knew it would it would help you you know and he just he could do it he could make it happen he just did it you know it's just crazy yeah and he's also but he's not one of those people that like i i i i mean obviously i know that he knew how to have a good time you know i mean he was a, yeah. he was like the, the kindest gentlest soul but he also uh was an amazing conversationalist and he's the fun, you know funny guy oh he's fucking super funny man i mean just the road stories but i never but him. i never i never wanted to approach him and make it seem like um i never wanted to make it feel like i was wasting his time or if right. I was like trying to come off as like a needy fan or somebody that, right. you know, like I knew how to talk to him and like, just knowing that, like knowing what he was and knowing like, just, you know, whoever you are and to talk to him or whatever, is that like, he's not above and beyond you going up to him. I saw him on the show. I, I knew exactly what he was, but I'm like, that dude's in his element right now. He doesn't need to have somebody coming up and being like, Oh, you know, like, yeah, you know that, but I still got the opportunity to talk to him twice and it was just two great moments on this podcast, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have, I have friends that became friends of him just by one night after we had high on fire, I drug him. He wasn't a big drinker, but I'd make him have a beer with me because I wanted to be here because I was working all night. And I was just like, and so was he. And I felt like, no, fuck, you deserve a beer. So he'd come over and just kind of humor me and sit with a, a Budweiser. And I'd be pounding beers, trying to get a fucking buzz or whatever. But I remember just introducing him to a couple friends of mine. And it was just in passing. And uh, then they were on the sleep and high on fire guest list in Madison and Milwaukee. Anytime they came through, they just became friends, but they never asked. They just, they just knew, you know, John would just be like, Hey, bring in so-and-so through here, you know, hit me up if you guys want to go. I mean, that was just John. I mean, John knew, I, I feel like he, he knew who was genuine to him and knew who yeah. wanted to be friends with him to actually be friends with you know i mean if he was on your if he did this podcast twice you know you were you were in his circle he wasn't doing it to do a podcast he was doing it to talk to one of his homies you know he thought you were doing something cool period that's just and he how has it an was. interesting life you know like i wanted to yeah. know about that yeah so yeah i just and i feel like it was just starting to hit a new chapter and you know life is a uh, very unpredictable and you know it's just and it's sad at times and it takes you when it wants to take you you know and then he was hitting his next chapter and i think it was going to be a really good a new level for him you know mm -hmm. it was gonna it was you could see it in his eyes man like when he was mixing like that bongzilla record he's just like it, there was just like this Oh shit, I'm coming over the edge again. Like it was a new, he knew how to do it and new, but it was new territory, but it was, it was familiar to him, 
but you could just see, you know, maybe he was just in the zone. I just, it just looked like, like, uh, a, a, uh, bigger happiness. Like, yeah, it was magic. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was just cool. I mean, he was getting to do a record of one of his longest friendships in the metal metal scene. He was getting to do their fucking comeback album. You know, that's fucking awesome. I mean, that's amazing that Bongzilla trusted him enough to, you know, man the ship of their, you know, of their weed infused fucking album you know i mean it's it's a slab of heaviness you know and mm. and john has a john was the fourth member in that album you know and you can hear it i mean it's fucking big it's burly it's fun you know and i just think about what he would have knocked out in three years you know three years from now like how fucking powerful those records were gonna start becoming yeah because if he was leading off with this one, it was it was gonna be something, you know. It's just yeah, I mean it's a it's a fucking bummer. It is, but we remember them very fondly here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have nothing but great memories, you know, and they all have, you know, just made me way more passionate about what I, what I wanted to do and, you know, what I am doing and just really, I don't have as much fear as I did even a year ago. Like, I mean, and maybe COVID did some of that too, where it just kind of stripped everything away from you and shoved you, tucked you in a corner for a while and just kind of made you fucking have to deal with a lot of things, but then putting that on top of, losing three inspiring people that were not at their peak yet, you know, but they all three have done fucking phenomenal, phenomenal things, amazing things just to know that just like it's done, you know, yeah. it's a fucking wild, you know, and it just, it made me kind of realize that, I mean, the fire is there, the passions there. Like I, I want to be remembered like that. You know, I want to be seen in a better light than probably what I, you know, have put out there over years, you know, so I've, I've made it a point that like over the past year, just to kind of fucking be better, mm-hmm. grind harder, you know, be more kind to people that even when they are fucking dumb, you know, it's just kind of like, it just, I just don't have the fucking like, uh, I don't put up with the shit, but I just, I just don't let it, like, I don't hold on to it as much anymore. I don't know, man. I just, plus you don't know who's going to be your friend three years from now. Like, so the dude that you might find minorly annoying at the moment could just be an off day, you know, as many times as I think that I ran into Barnaby, you know, years before I met him, you know, I mean, we had to, you know, I mean, we were in the same circle having the same like when we talk about certain places we were in that group of 10 people standing around drinking beers you know and it just took years to connect and i mean he's one of my best friends you know one of mine and my brother's best friends john was the same john i 
would go see many of his bands just in passing. I didn't know who John was for years until he mixed one of the bands that me and Justin were in. He was uh, doing front of house at a club in Iowa City called Gabe's. And we hit it off because I mentioned something about LA Guns on stage, you know, just kind of poking fun at the hipster crowd that we catered to at that time. And I was just like, I can't even remember what we were saying and we ripped into a song and then when we got done john's like you like la guns I was like yeah man the fucking first album is fucking classic front to back no one can fuck with that record you know and then we just hit it all but i mean 10 years before that we've seen each other multiple times in the passing i, I know we did you know and it just took me mentioning a fucking rad record and him connecting with it you know which is crazy
I feel really fortunate. I mean, there's not a day that goes by when I'm on tour that, like, I mean, there's days where it's like, it's it's a job. You know what I mean? It's like, it's what I do for a living. And some days it really sucks, but I'm always thankful that I get to do it. It's like, holy fuck, man. Like, I have toured the world with, I mean, bands. I mean, I, I didn't even touch on half of the bands that I've worked for, but it's like, you know, I've been all over the world with COC and like Overkill took me to South America last year and and the Melvins took me to to Australia three years ago and and it's like I mean I'm just like some fucking kid I mean I grew up in a, a town of th- 350 people and when my parents divorced when I was 15 we moved to the big town which has like 14 or 1500 people it's like just some fucking metal kid from some small town like it's 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 ridiculous to me that that i get to do this and hang out you know i call dudes that like changed my world as a teenager i you know consider those dudes friends now I would never know what that life is like, but I imagine that it's uh, it's it's hard it's hard for someone like me to come up with a good a good way to describe it. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I mean it's it's, it's insane. Uh, whatever. Make no regrets. Work.